Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. But what he did was he laid aside his God qualities, all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere at the same time. He laid them aside. He still had them. He just didn't use them. So he kind of veiled them or he set them aside. And Jesus lived for these 33 years as a man. He was still God, but he lived as a man. So what is the key? Notice the spirit of the Lord is on me. Food, water, shelter, those are all basic needs for every person. But there's something that trumps all of those things that every person needs, and that's forgiveness. While we can't offer it ourselves, we can certainly point people to the one who can. And as Christ followers, that's what we've been tasked to do. Jesus the Word is alive, and here on earth, we get to be his mouth and hands and feet. Jesus' mission was clear, to bring people to salvation. and We're to be a continuance of that mission. Today you'll hear about how we're to accomplish the goals he set out for us through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verse 18, with our continuing study entitled, How Jesus' Birth Changed Everything. in this little series during the holiday time, how Jesus, his birth changed everything. We learned the connection between Jesus' ministry on earth and what we're supposed to do. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, we'll see in a moment, Jesus walked into his hometown and he announced who he was. And what he was going to do. Basically, Jesus walked in and he said to, in the synagogue, he says, I'm God. I'm your Messiah. And I've been sent to meet your needs. Luke 4, verse 18. Jesus said this. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In other words, his first coming would bring favor, would bring grace, it would bring forgiveness. It would bring a way for man to be right with God. Now remember, in Isaiah, which is the prophecy from 700 years before this, there is another line, because there is a second coming of Jesus, and we're going to teach how that's going to fly. Then he says this in verse 20, then he rolled up the scroll, he gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down, and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he shocked them with verse 21. And he began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus had come to change the world. 
But the way Jesus would do that would be personally for around three to three and a half years. But then he would go to the cross. He would die for our sins. He'd be resurrected and he'd go back to heaven. So here we are 2,000 years later. And what is our role? What is our purpose? What is our function? Why are we here? Well, we're to be the extension of Jesus. And initially we get that clue how Jesus was connected with his disciples. From this verse, just before he goes back to the cross, Jesus sits his disciples down. And we see this verse in John. We're going to say it together. It's John 14, 12. And he's saying basically to the disciples, I tell you the truth, who has faith in me will do boom, boom, boom. But we make it personal because that has to be your name. If you're a Christ follower, your name goes there. We're going to do it again today here in Melbourne and Vier and Sebastian Orlando. We're going to read it together. So whenever you get to the blank, I know you know your name. Just put your name in there because it's for you. Don't put my name in there. I'm putting my own name in there. And we're going to read it out loud. You're going to read it loud out. So here we go. One, two, three. I tell you the truth. A Mark who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. And Mark will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Now, how do we take that verse and put some application to it? Well, the first thing you want to write on all of our campuses is right here. This is the key for the whole teaching today. It will come together. It'll make sense to you as we go. So today, Christ followers are simply this. We're the mouth, we're the hands, and we're the feet of Jesus. So when people see us, we're going to be carrying on the ministry of Jesus with our mouth speaking, with our hands touching, and with our feet going to the places where God directs us to go. And the reason is, when Jesus came, he says, I've come to meet hurting people. We still have tons of hurting people around us today. So we're here, not for us. And Jesus basically just says, I expect you to carry on the work that I began. I expect you to meet the needs of hurting people. Now, the problem is that doesn't happen in much of our world because we're selfish for us. But Jesus says, no, no, no. You've got to reach out beyond yourself. Now, to remind us of this truth, there's a blue bracelet that you have. And we're wearing that. Notice what it says. Our God provides. He provides what? You'll see in a moment. He provides all of these things for us. And we're supposed to believe it. And we're supposed to enjoy it. So we don't want to forget this. This is simply a reminder when you look at it that there's hurting people around us. And we can do something about it, just like Jesus did. Now, I can touch somebody, but only God can heal them. You'll see in a moment, I can share the gospel with somebody, but only God can save them. But see, we're the connection between the hurting person and God. You and I, every single one of them, not just a pastor. That would be ridiculous. A few pastors in the world, almost 7 billion people, how would that work? Impossible. So here's the things that, and we won't spend long, but these are the things that Jesus taught us. He came to forgive people of their sins. The greatest need of man is forgiveness. So I have to learn to share the gospel. And I can say to you, I can't forgive you of your sins. But at the end of this service, as we do in every service, I will say to people, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you've never accepted him as a personal savior, I'm not talking about a religious deal, you're a member of some church, who cares about that? 
But if you've never had your sins forgiven, I can share with you with my mouth that Jesus says if you repent and believe and receive his gift, you can be saved, you can go to heaven. You can share that. That's how the world gets saved. So the gospel, we share the good news everywhere. Second, heal broken hearts. We all understand that. I can't heal a broken heart, but God can. Now, if you're like more than 15, you've experienced a broken heart. How many remember a broken heart when you dated that person at 12 and 13? Shouldn't have been dated at 12, but you did. And you know, the love of your life walked out. You never saw her. Some of you still haven't got over it. You need help. You really need help. You're 44 and you're remembering back then. So, but let's be serious for a moment. It, it gets bad, doesn't it? This world breaks hearts. Next, we can free people from satanic bondages through the power of God. Now, just that word Satan bothers some of you because you don't even believe he's real. Oh, he's real. We live in a spiritual world. There's two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. And you're going to see in our teaching today, as Jesus takes his feet and his mouth in his hands, what he does. Next, open spiritually blinded eyes to the truth. You see, most people don't understand what you have in your hand. They don't understand the word of God. And how will they know it? Well, we teach. So most of Jesus' ministry was preaching and teaching. Teaching the word of God. Because it opens your eyes. A huge key that most people don't know. That They may have gone to church, but they don't know this. Jesus wasn't just a good man. Jesus is and was God. He was God, and he came to this earth and put on flesh. So the only person in a whole world that ever claimed to be God was Jesus. Buddha didn't claim to be God. Muhammad didn't claim to be God. The Hindu religion doesn't have a God. And by the way, the Mormons don't believe Jesus is God. And the Jehovah Witnesses don't believe Jesus is God. They just believe he was a created being. Well, both of those are wrong. That's why they're called their cults. And no matter how much you like Glenn Beck... Good guy, good morals. He's not a believer. Because you can't be a believer unless you believe Jesus is God. It opened many of your eyes and see, how do you get spiritually blinded? Well, the enemy hates truth. So we teach the word of God. Next, break oppressive habits. All kinds of habits need to be broken in our lives. All of us have weaknesses and God gives us the strength to break those strongholds. And last, maybe one of the most important after salvation You can't live without hope. You just can't live without hope. So what do we see today? All kinds. It's amazing. All kinds, especially at this time of year, all kinds of suicides. Like crazy. And people cutting themselves. And you name it. Why are they doing all that? No hope. I want to tell you this morning, Jesus brings hope. He's the hope. He's the hope of the world. That's the message. That's the message that we have. Now, as you look at that, Understand this statement. Only God can meet the real needs of hurting people. But he does it through you and I. Only God. Jesus was not one of many gods. He was the only true God. Jesus in the flesh, the only true God. In fact, the Old Testament, God says, there is no other gods. Linda and I travel a lot in the East. China and India and Thailand and and Singapore and all those areas. We do a lot of mission work over there. This is a very common thing for me. There's millions of statues of Buddha. Now, I thought this one spoke so clearly. This is a Buddha. It says Buddha for sale. Can this statue do anything with its mouth? 
with his hands and with his feet. Tell me, can he? Can do anything. But you have to understand this morning, hundreds of millions of people this morning are bowing down to Buddha. That's not a laughing matter. They're serious. But they've been blinded to the truth. That there's only one true living God. That's the truth that we have. And it's not has nothing to do with Calvary Chapel or some denomination you came from. It has to do with God's Word. And that's what Jesus did when He came at Christmas. He said, I'm coming. I'm coming to change the world, to save people from their sins. So as you begin to think about it, we know that God, Jesus, He came and put flesh on. He is God. He's all-knowing, he's all-powerful, he's everywhere at the same time. He's right here in Melbourne and Sebastian Vieira. He's alive. But here's the problem. How did Jesus minister? How did he heal? How did he cast out demons? How was he able to touch and help uh, hurting hearts and, and give hope? How did he do it? If I can learn how he did it, maybe I can learn how to do it. So we're going to learn how Jesus did this. So, if you will... Go right back, you're you're right there in that place. Look at verse 18 again. And the key is in this verse. Look at Luke 4, verse 18. And I want you to circle a word as we go through. The Spirit, Jesus says, the Spirit of the Lord is, circle this word, on me. Or upon me. Or overflowing me. Because he has anointed me to boom, 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 minister. So understand, many of you are already thinking, well, Pastor Mark, what kind of a stupid question was that you gave me? I mean, how did Jesus minister? Jesus was God. I'm not God. We can settle that. That's true. All of us went, no problem. Jesus was God and we're not God. But when Jesus came to this, watch me. If you get this, you'll see the connection perfectly. When Jesus came to this earth, he was fully God and fully man. I don't understand that. That's just truth. But what he did was he laid aside his God qualities, all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere at the same time. He laid them aside. He still had them. He just didn't use them. So he kind of veiled them or he set them aside. And Jesus lived for these 33 years as a man. He was still God, but he lived as a man. So what is the key? Notice the spirit of the Lord is on me. Now, We'll explain that to you, that really everything Jesus did, he did through the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at this verse. This is a summary verse in the book of Luke, book of Acts by Luke, who wrote the book we're reading. Notice what it said. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity. And when, usually when you see the Holy Spirit, you see a word nearby, power. God's power, not man's power. He anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how, I've added this word, how then he went around doing good and healing all who were under notice, another power, the power of the devil, because God was with him. Just look at me and you'll see it in a moment. There's two kingdoms right now. There's two powers right now. There's two powers, the power of Satan and the power of God. How's that going to work? How's that going to work in our life? Do you know in this room right now, the power of Satan and the power of God are battling? 
Do you know it right now? It's right here. He said, well, I, I don't see it. Where, where is it? It's here. And we're going to show you how. Now, as you see that verse, I want you to write this statement this morning. You will see that the, the, the power is in Jesus Christ. So everything Jesus did was by the power of God. Now, I'm going to use a word that will make sense to you in a moment. Write this statement down. Under his influence. His influence. By that, I mean the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is under his influence. You know, if I say to you, New Year's Eve, some people will be under the influence. Do you you know what I'm talking about? Anybody here know? How many remember those days? You remember those days. You were under the influence. Man, do I feel good. Bubbly and all kinds of... Next morning, you're under the influence too. So under the influence means, notice, to have an effect upon, to shape, to regulate. What happened was this. When Jesus came to minister, he didn't minister as God. He ministered as man under the influence of God. God, the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to turn. I want you to see how this works out. So all the campuses, turn with me to Luke chapter 3. You're close by. Luke chapter 3. And go back, if you will, when you get there to verse 21. And we're going to see the connection between Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Because it's the same connection that you and I need. Now, verse 21. When all the people were being baptized... Jesus was baptized too. This is being water baptized by John the Baptist. And as Jesus was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity, descended, circle these two words in your Bible, on him, on him, in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, whom I love, with you, I am well pleased. If you've never written it in your Bible, you need to write by verse 31 and 32, the Trinity. This is a picture, two verses in the Bible that show us God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all together. You see them? All together. God speaking, the Holy Spirit coming on Jesus, Jesus being the third person. So here is Jesus being baptized with the Holy Spirit. And that brings the empowering of God so that he can do ministry. So write this statement down, please. Everything Jesus did was done through the power of the Holy Spirit. He lived under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now, if that's what Jesus did, you're going to see in a moment, that's what we have to do. We're men. We're women. We're not even God. We couldn't operate as God because we're not. So everything that Jesus Christ did, he did through the power of the Holy Spirit. By the way, as he's getting baptized here, we know nothing really. There's no miracles until he is empowered with God. This is the start of Jesus' ministry. Nothing before it. Now, turn to Luke 4.1. You're right close by. And I want you to see something. I want you to see two words. As Jesus comes out of the water, he begins to move away, and he leaves, and notice what it says. Jesus 
circle this word, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was, circle this word, led by the Holy Spirit into the desert. Notice, Jesus is full. He's still full. He's still under the influence. The Spirit has come upon him. And so he has that ability now to be led by the Spirit. What happens, and you'll see this as we move through, if you're a Christian this morning, do any, any of you here in this campus or other three campuses, any of you need to be led by God? Do you, do you need God's wisdom? you need God's direction in anything in your life? Could I see your hand? That's everybody. Well, Romans says, if I'm a child of God, if the Holy Spirit resides in me, I'm led by God. So we have... We can be led by the Holy Spirit. He's full of the Holy Spirit. And you'll see later, that talks about where he goes with his feet. He's led by the Spirit to go here and there. Now, as you begin thinking about that, it's a great privilege. Well, notice where he's led. He's led into the wilderness. Let's sneak over to uh, verse 14. You're right there, verse 14. He's led into the wilderness for 40 days of temptation. The Spirit leads him there. And he defeats Satan during those 40 days. And after 40 days, he comes out of the wilderness and he heads back up north to his home area, Galilee. But look what it says in verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee, up home, in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. After 40 days of battling Satan... He's still filled, influenced, under the influence of the Holy Spirit. That says this, that the Spirit-filled life is not an event, it's a lifestyle. It's depending today on the power of the Spirit, God's power, who can live in us and direct us. Now, he does a little bit of ministry, a few little towns... His name is going everywhere. People's lives are being changed. And he heads to his hometown. That's where we pick it up again. So look at 418. You're close by. Remember, I asked you to circle a word. Let's see what it says. He walks into Nazareth. He begins his teaching. And here's what he says. The Spirit of the Lord is what? Tell me. Uh, On. On. Same word. The Spirit of the Lord is overflowing me. It's influencing me. And that's, then he says, it's anointing me. And now I've come to do these things. All those things that we talked about. So Jesus had to depend totally on the power of God's spirit affecting his life. That we call the spirit-filled life. So as you begin to look at that, it should begin to make sense to you that Jesus is our perfect example He lived under the influence of the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. He was modeling that Spirit-filled life for His disciples. In today's message, we began to learn just how the Holy Spirit can work in Christ followers who are wholeheartedly seeking God. Pastor Mark had us put our own names into John 14, 12, which speaks about how we can carry on the work of Jesus. The same connection that Jesus had with the Holy Spirit is the one that we can have as well. 
everything that Jesus did was done through the power of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series the next time you join us. For those of you that like to have CD archives of Bible teachings, we'd like to offer you a CD of Pastor Mark's message from today. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5. This is only to cover the materials and shipping it takes for you to receive your CD. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option. Now, here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is MB443. And the title of this message is How Jesus' Birth Changed Everything, Part 3. Again, today's message number for ordering purposes is MB443. And the title of this message is How Jesus' Birth Changed Everything, Part 3. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as we consider what Jesus regarded as the greatest commandment given. We will see not only how to love God and people, but also how to share the truth and make more disciples for Him. We'll see that the power of the Holy Spirit has everything to do with our success in doing this work, as He has designed all of us to be in tune with Him. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from our series entitled, How Jesus' Birth Changed Everything. 